When was the last time that you cooked dinner in the bathroom or worked out in your company's conference room? The answer is never. Why? Because every space has a purpose. Every room was built for a reason, and it's your job to optimize the space you're in. This is the 5AM Miracle, episode number 428. Simplify your workspace. Design an environment that amplifies focus. Good morning, I am Jeff Sanders, and this is the podcast dedicated to dominating your day before breakfast. Getting more done has almost nothing to do with working harder, working faster, or working with all the best tools at your disposal. You know, the number one factor that influences how much you get done is where you are. Let me say that again. Your location matters more than any other factor when it comes to focus, execution, and ultimate productivity. You can think of me as a real estate agent, which, by the way, I used to be. Location, location, location. Also, distraction, distraction, distraction. Where you are determines what distracts you. What distracts you determines what you give your attention to, and what you choose to focus on determines your outputs and ultimate results. So yes, where you are really does matter, and how you optimize where you are really does influence your goals, dreams, and success. The episode this week is about simplifying your workspace, but that's actually secondary to choosing the workspace to begin with. So when you design an environment that amplifies focus, you're actually going to choose an environment that already has focus built in, and then we can optimize from there. You know, I've used the example in this podcast numerous times about the idea that if you're going to go to the gym, you're going to do one thing, which is work out, right? You're not going to work out in your company's conference room, and you're not going to cook dinner in your bathroom, right? Those are silly examples, and yet that's kind of how we tend to operate. We tend to choose an environment to work on something specific, but it's the wrong environment. It's not a place that exemplifies focus and execution for the task at hand. It's the wrong location. And so when you change the location and you actually choose a place that is designed specifically for what the thing is you're trying to do, like working out at a gym or cooking dinner in the kitchen, all of a sudden you have all the things you need. You have the resources, you have the materials, you have the environment, you have the right people around you, you have a cohesive location with all the things you need, all designed to push you in one specific direction, and then voila, an hour later, you have dinner on the table, or you have an awesome workout completed. That's not rocket science. It's actually really logical. And yet, I find so many people who design workspaces and home offices and environments that just are not built for focus or execution or task completion or goal achievement. None of those things are true. In fact, the exact opposite tends to be true most of the time, which is either that we're trying to multitask like crazy people because we think we can do everything at once, or we just never pause to ask the question, where should I do this next task? What is the ideal environment for the thing I'm working on? If I wanted to guarantee success or guarantee achievement, what would that mean for me? And how is that possible? These kinds of questions lead to very logical answers and outcomes. And so that's the goal this week. Let's define that for you to make sure going forward, you choose the right location. 
So to help clarify how you can simplify your workspace and design an environment that amplifies focus, I have seven actions to take or seven steps to go through, let's say. The first of which is to define what you are doing. The goal of anything, if you're trying to achieve a goal, is to first of all know what you're doing. You get very specific on the next action. So ask yourself the questions. What exactly is the task? What is the exact outcome that you want? What is the exact process to get there? What specific materials do you need? Who needs to be there? And where are you going to be? Now, recently on social media, I posted a, an FBOT checklist, my focused block of time checklist, where I broke down the specific questions I asked myself on one particular workday where I was going to a library to get some work done. And I broke down that process, and it seemed a little bit cumbersome, I think, to the average person looking at that and saying, Jeff, you kind of did a lot of work just to go do your work. It seemed like overkill, right? You're putting in more effort than is needed. Why not just go do your job? And the answer is that if you take that approach and you don't ask these questions, you don't define what you're doing, you don't know the exact task or the exact outcome you want or the process or the location or the materials, if you don't know these things, you're going to be forced to answer those questions anyway once you begin the work. And so essentially, when I did the pre-work up front to ask these questions and answer them, then when it came time to actually do the work, well, I could execute so quickly. I could move very fast. The quality bar would go up. The quantity of work produced would go up. Defining what the work is before you do the work makes the work exponentially easier and better. So the whole point of this process is to say, you're probably going to have to do the work anyway. We're just going to break this into two separate parts, the pre-work and the actual work. And the pre-work is super important. Defining the work is at least half the battle, if not more. And the cool thing is, once you've actually defined the work, it makes the work a lot more fun to do because it moves so quickly. You don't have those clunky obstacles or that pausing moment where you're like, wait a minute, what's happening right now? Why can't I focus? Why can't I execute? Why am I stuck? Now, the goal of the pre-work in this case is to prevent being stuck. It's to prevent those obstacles, to prevent those disasters, and to amplify the possibility that you're going to get done what you said you wanted to get done. And that's it. And then it keeps it simple. And then all of a sudden, you've done your work, the quality bar has gone up, the quantity has increased, you're done faster than you expected, and you got more done than you ever planned to do. That's an ideal goal-achieving session. It's an ideal focused block of time. And that's what we're trying to do here. What if in 2024, you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with my sponsor, Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. 
Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Fast forward to the end of 2024 and think about your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should check out my sponsor, Babbel. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, and studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions, without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. Step number two is to then define what you are also not doing. So knowing what you are doing is great and helpful and necessary. But to define what you're not doing is epically as important. It's not like epic, but it's important. We'll say that. So in this case, we're going to get specific on the actions to do later or not at all. Right. What items did you plan to do in this session that actually are meant for a different time or meant to never be done at all? What are the specific distractions that hold you back the most when you're trying to do this next task? Distractions tend to be predictable. We know that if we work in our home office, there are distractions for me, for example, like my dog, uh, my baby that's home right now, my wife is on maternity leave, right? The, the mailman, the laundry, right? Working from home has its own set of distractions. Working in your office may have coworkers and other office distractions that are built in for your environment. In other words, you probably know already that where you choose to work comes with its own set of predictable distractions that you can know ahead of time and therefore make a plan to overcome. So when you define what you're not doing, you need to define what those distractions are so that you can avoid them before they show up. Also, while you're defining what you don't want, ask the question, well, what are the outcomes you typically get that you don't want to repeat? In other words, there are typical work days where we produce a certain amount of work or a certain quality of work, and you might say, you know what, I haven't been very efficient. The quality of my work, the quantity just hasn't been what I want it to be. I can do more. I can be better. And so when you define how you typically operate 
and that doesn't work for you. It's not good enough. Well, then ask the question, how can that be improved? Are there things to avoid to guarantee a better outcome? Also, what tends to happen most often, you can predict and prevent. In other words, what specific people or items or technology distract you the most that you already know is happening that you can take care of before everything starts? So at this point, we know what we're doing and we know what we're not doing, which gives us a really great sense of what's going to happen and what's not going to happen. Now, all this is built upon the idea that we already know step number three, which is the right environment. I left this for number three and not number one because there's a pretty good chance you actually don't have a lot of control over the environment in many cases. If you have a home office, you work from home and you may not be able to go somewhere else. If you have an office you go to as part of your job, you may not be able to actually control the specific environment that you're in every day. But if you do have that choice, if that is on the table, you can actually change where you are. This is your chance to do so. This is your chance to actually exercise in a gym, to cook in the kitchen, to write your novel in a coffee shop, to read in the library, to work on things that matter in the environment designed for those tasks. If that's on the table for you, choose this option and do this up front if possible. Because then all of a sudden, if you have the right environment, well, then defining what the task actually is and what you're doing and not doing is based upon this idea of location and a location designed for focus, a location designed for execution of the thing that matters. And then those questions of what are you doing and what are you not doing are very easy to answer. And that's the goal. We're making this as simple as possible with the fewest possible questions. But we still do the pre-work, we still choose the location, and we still execute in the moment. Now, once you have this environment chosen, you know where you're going to work. Step four is then to remove everything that does not serve the purpose of the space and the purpose of the task. So it's quite possible you're in a space where there's a lot of junk, there could be a lot of distraction, there could be a lot of stuff around or anything that does not serve the purpose of what you're trying to do. So our goal here is to minimize distraction and especially minimize multitasking because this is where it's going to kick in. If you have a home office, for example, or even the place where you work every day, that tends to have a lot of tools and supplies and resources to handle anything that might pop up. On the surface, that sounds like it's handy. You have the tools you need to do the work. But in reality, you might actually be distracted by the fact that you have too many things available. There are too many cell phones, computers, opportunities to interact with other people. There are too many touch points. There are too many things that could show up at any given time. And the goal of focus is the opposite of that. Focus is simple. It's singular. It's direct. And so the environment and the space that you're in needs to reflect that. It should reflect beauty in the simplicity. And that's what we're going for here. Simplify, do one thing, and do it really well. So up to this point, we know what the work is. We know the location of the work. We know the space we've chosen, and that space is optimized. Now it's time to actually do the work. So step five is, when it's time to work, actually work. Start the timer, put a sign on your door, work until you're finished, and then stop. And that's it. This is methodical, it's simple, and repeatable. You know, the goal here is to be methodical. When it's time to work, we actually work. And then when the task is finished, we have a smooth and efficient transition to the next task and then repeat the same process to methodically do the next thing. 
Where people tend to become distracted is both during the task and between tasks. So if you're having distraction issues in the middle of a task, usually those are predictable, as we've said, and you can stop them. But the efficient transition is a bigger challenge for most people. Being able to say, I finished that task, now I'm going to begin the next one, or I finished that meeting, now it's time for the next one. Between those events, there's a lot of time wasted. This is when there's a lot of coffee breaks, a lot of bathroom breaks, a lot of social media checking, a lot of chit-chat with coworkers. There's a lot of lost time between these tasks. Now, yes, some of these activities may be necessary and important, but the goal here is to identify the most efficient way to go from task to task. So when I say it's time to work, actually work, I'm talking about both the time while you're working and the time between the different events. Both of those are part of your workday. Both of those are necessary to optimize. And when those things happen and your skill set improves and you can focus better on the work and focus better going from work to work, when those things are in place, your actual workday will get shorter and shorter and the quality will go up and up. It's truly magical. And then when you have an eight-hour workday that now all of a sudden is only four hours, it seems impossible. But really, efficiency will make that possible. Cutting distractions will make that possible. Focus makes that possible. It's a remarkable thing. Now, step number six is to identify problems as they arise. In other words, if you need to change environments or change your system, this is the chance to do so. If something is not working, fix it. If the space is not ideal, change it. If your work is not getting done, then do something about it because nothing changes until it has to recognize those needed changes and be the catalyst of the change, right? Be aware of what's happening. Know your work, know your output, know where your weaknesses are and be able to identify those, acknowledge them and fix the problem, right? This is about self-awareness and personal growth and a willingness to say, I want the best for my time. I want the best for my work. I want to be at a higher level. I want to do things better. And so a willingness to acknowledge the problems and solve them leads to better outcomes down the road. And so if you see an issue, if you see an opportunity to change and improve, take that chance. Jump in feet first. Finally, step number seven is to leverage every tactic you possibly can. Don't assume you have the natural skills to focus. The opposite is actually better. Assume that you're kind of bad at this and act accordingly. For me, that means I wear headphones. I hide from coworkers. For me, that means my wife, daughter, and dog. Uh, Turn off your phone. Work in a library if you have to. Work late at night if you can't work in the middle of the day. You do what it takes to make sure you're not going to put up with nonsense. And nonsense, as I define it in my previous book, is anything that does not have to happen. And if your day is filled with nonsense, if it's filled with things that just don't matter, then leverage the skills that you have to ensure that those things do not take place. Assume that you don't have what you need and go get the things you need. And then you will. And this process will work. Leverage what you have available and go look for more chances to improve. That's it. Your space will improve. Your output will improve. Your life will improve. And for the action step this week, define the purpose of every room you enter. 
Working out, once again, takes place in the gym, cooking in the kitchen, writing in the coffee shop, and on and on. Whatever matters to you, define the best location to get it done and optimize each space accordingly. You'll be amazed at how much the quality and quantity of your work will be improved by simply doing what needs to be done in the space it needs to be done in. JeffSanders.com slash 428 is the place to go for the episode notes. And of course, subscribe to this show in the app you're using right now or go to JeffSanders.com slash subscribe. That's all I've got for you here on the 5am Miracle Podcast this week. Until next time, you have the power to change your life and the fun begins bright and early. Hey, it's Jeff Sanders, and I'm here to tell you about Greg McEwen and his amazing show, The Greg McEwen Podcast, part of the Yap Media Network. Want to achieve more by doing less, all while avoiding burnout? You can design a life that really matters with Greg McEwen, author of New York Times bestsellers, Effortless and Essentialism. His mission is to help you advocate and negotiate your way to remarkable results. Every Tuesday, Greg discusses one key topic he finds interesting and valuable through the lens of the essentialist. Every Thursday, he invites thought leaders, entrepreneurs, celebrities, and people like you for inspired weekly conversations focused on learning how to do what matters first and do less but better. His content will stir your thoughts and spark inspiration and action. And his British accents, well, that's just the cherry on top. Subscribe to the Greg McEwen podcast today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform.